Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Theory's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Buffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Couldn't be better, man. I am so excited to hop into today's episode. Me too. So we hope you guys listened to our last episode, the pilot of Fury's Finest. But today is actually our official first full episode. I'll say that because we have a topic. We're going to pursue that topic. We're going to go through it with you guys. And uh, this is really what the show's full format is going to be like. So thank you for sticking with us uh, to this far. It's really early on. But Namely, what's been going on this week, Chris? So we played a demo of Crisis Protocol recently. We sure did. That's special. And uh, we had a lot of cinematic moments in our game. Ultron's (laughs) a beast, man. (laughs) I can't wait to play Ultron. I am a guy who typically leans towards the light side and everything. Ultron has pulled me over to the dark side. He really is. He is so cool. His model is great. It's probably one of the best models in the core set, without a doubt. And he's just such a beast. He can take a licking and keep on ticking all day, baby. He's got some thematic tactic cards, which we haven't got tactic cards yet, but we'll get there. It's just fun to say now. And man, Chris, I even I had a blast with controlling that entire objective in the corner with Spider-Man. That pure control. Just keeping Doc Ock and keeping crossbones just at bay with the singular model <laughs> was was very frustrating. You see why he's four threat now. A lot of people are questioning why he's such high threat compared to some of these other high threat people like, of course, Ultron of and course. Captain Marvel. It doesn't seem as it, to make as much sense with Spider-Man because his DPS is low, but his control is high. The damage output is he's not a heavy hitter. No. But it really shines through. And of course, thematically, it, it, it holds. <laughs> uh, Peter Parker is a genius in the Marvel Universe. And he's always doing that kind of stuff, right? He's always, always very a very tactical mind. They even showcase that in his last movie, like quite a bit, Chris, and the Spider-Man Far From Home. He was doing that exact thing, like saving people, stopping buildings, like dodging, and of course, like controlling the areas of importance without any spoilers. But like, it's just, 
that he felt like Spider-Man. So that's fun to me. We're going to have more of these in the future, guys, talking about these games, right? Guys, he threw a car at Crossbones. <laughs> right. And took away some action. Took away, which yeah. dazed him, did some damage. Some of these things and, are great. And controlled the point by against two two guys that could, probably could have taken him out in oh, close yeah. combat. Higher DPS but, guys. But he completely controlled the board and his quadrant. It was it was frustrating. So I took it out on uh, <laughs> yeah. poor Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, and Captain America. He just just a pure aggression. But you know, it's just it's a fun time, Chris, because the game is not out yet. We don't have a copy yet, but we p- did play a demo at a local store. But that aside, like this is all the core set we're talking about. Exactly. And today's episode is about the core set, which is great. What are you going to get in the core set? What's it like playing the core set? And why we think you should play this game, Marvel Crisis Protocol. If it's seeming daunting to get into, today's episode is going to hopefully simplify why you should get this core set and get into this game. We just don't want to alleviate those fears. We know it's daunting to get into kind of a hobby game, tabletop gaming. A lot of the games out there are extremely complicated, extremely time-consuming. Marvel Crisis Protocol is going to be very fun. After you've played a couple games and get the rules under your belt, That's right. they should flow easily, intuitively, um, and just be a blast. So let's just get into it, Chris. Let's hop in. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. And we thank all of our patrons for the support. So once again, guys, we're just trying to get the Patreon off the ground. Basically, Patreon is a opt-in monthly subscription where you just pass us a couple bucks from your tip jar or your coffee fund and just help support the show, keep the lights on, and help us pay our fees. And of course, eventually, this will lead to our future goals of streaming this game and creating high quality of video content. We really want to be bringing battle reports, really want to be bringing high quality content for this game yeah we really feel like this game deserves it we're very passionate about that that's right and uh and anything you can do to help us bring that to you would be so much appreciated so thank you so much for even looking at the patreon of course it's always in the show notes so click on it below but let's get on to the show so chris the question today is what is marvel crisis protocol and what is this core set? What is this core box? Well, Jesse, I'm glad you asked. Crisis Protocol is a tactical miniatures game for two players in which hand-picked squads of Marvel characters clash over a customized battlefield and attempt to be the first to complete their mission objectives. Long story short, you're <laughs> just going to beat each other up. That's right. We're going to control points on the map. We're going to fight on pieces of terrain. We are going to create squads and battle these squads against each other. Now, Chris, we mentioned some important things in the first episode. In today's episode, that is the word objectives. That is crucial Mm. to this game. I think a lot of these types of games seem daunting to people because they think, oh, I have to get every model. I have to get every piece. I have to have the meta list, which is just, you know, pure damage or whatever it is. And I have to, you know, do all these things. No, you only have no. to win the objective in this game. And you could do that with just Corset Heroes. Not only can do that, you can do it well. Our game really showed the importance of lower threat characters like a Baron Zemo, a Black Widow, mm. a, a Spider-Man. 
It's so true. The heavy hitters did a lot of damage, and they helped take other characters off the board. But when it came down to it, the guys doing the work <laughs> That's right. were the lower the lower threat characters. And I, for one, am excited to field an entire team of low threat characters. Right. Oh. And just control. Just yeah. con- don't even plan on taking out uh, an enemy hero. Okay. Just plan on controlling. Give them. that a shot. And I like that. So it's an objective-based war game. But when we say war game, it's truly a skirmish game. So I guess the distinction between war games and skirmish games without getting too convoluted here is I know when most people think of miniatures games, they think of huge armies. They think of a lot of work putting these armies together and a lot of work bringing them. Not the case in this game. If you show up to a tournament or even a kitchen table tournament or a fun game at someone's house, you just bring 10 models and you might not even use all 10 of those models. Several of them might even stay in your bag or in your tackle box or whatever you bring. So What's cool about this is really it's a game, Chris, of three to five models on your side, fighting three to five models on their side. That number is going to change in the future when we get cheaper units and more expensive units. But right now, that's kind of where it stands. Three to five models on either side, and you're just playing with those. That seems simpler. It's a it's a low point of entry. It's a great starting point. It, but also for experienced hobby gamers, it's going Ooh. to be easier to add this to your repertoire of games. You don't need the massive time investment of painting an entire army. That's exciting, yeah. And maybe you get to refine some painting techniques and yeah, really focus on some on single characters. But moreover, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is having these models done, painted by hand, and just sitting around my computer protecting right. my living room. That's right. They're going to be great desk decorations for your uh, you, you know your work desk or your home computer it's going to be great stuff or you can uh, even do the the cool guy miniature thing where people have the shelves in their house preset with a little piece of terrain in the background right just get that little scene going you grab them when you need them but let's talk about this core set chris let's talk about what you get in the core set and why would someone get this so to start you get five heroes and five villains models in the core set and of course you get 10 bases to go with those models that match the miniatures. So what does that mean? Well, that really means you get 10 hero, like heroes and villains, 10 models right off the bat. And what do you need to play this game? You need 10 models. And that's great. But more importantly, ready right away. Yeah. More importantly, Chris, like these are iconic characters. So I'm going to go through the characters before we get into the rest of the core set. So character number one is Captain America himself. And of course we have him in this. Correct. Right. It's gotta be. He's the cornerstone of, Phase one of the Marvel uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, probably the biggest star. I think his movies were maybe the best. Maybe. So, of course, we got to get a villain antithesis to Captain America, and that is, of course, Red Skull. Dastardly Red Skull. <laughs> Red Skull is the big bad in the, the set, just like Captain America is the big good guy in the set. And that's important because they actually have faction-led abilities that they trigger within their factions, which we'll get into later. But of course we have Red Skull, of course. Uh, And you know, what a place to have him in the core set. He has a lot of cool abilities, which we'll get to in future episodes, but like what a great start with these two. So let's jump into the next hero. We have Captain Marvel herself, the heavy hitter (laughs) for the heroes. Yeah. She packs a wallop folks. That's right. Exactly. As you would expect her to. And when she goes binary, that's a whole nother thing. And this gets serious, but of course, the the counterbalance to her on the villain side in the core set is Ultron. Maybe not as much thematically, but certainly in playstyle. On the board, 
Ultron is a beast. Yeah. He's a heavy hitter as well. So hard to knock out. Right. So him and Captain Marvel are both pretty tanky. Um, they both have flight, which is a key word in the game. And they both have um, pretty incredible long range abilities. So it makes sense to pair them together. But let's move on to the next two, who is Iron Man is the hero first. So let's talk about Iron Man. Of course, Iron Man's in this corset. I think it's going to sell be. it alone for a lot of people. Right? Well, he's he's very popular and for good reason. Yeah. So and of course, with Iron Man, we have Crossbones, who's I would say a well-known character, but not general population, I would say. Probably just if you're a comic book nerd or Avengers nerd, or even, you know, you've stuck stuck around with some of the Captain America stuff, there he is. So, of course, next, I'm very excited about these two, Chris. We have Spider-Man, number one, on the hero's side. And, of course, his opposite end here on the villain side, we have Doc Ock. Well, they almost couldn't go wrong here. Spider-Man has just the best rogues gallery in all of Marvel. Certainly does. My favorite villains are all Spider-Man villains. And that aside, we talked about gameplay with a lot of these characters, Chris. What a perfect combo. Doc Ock is not a control character like Spider-Man, but he fits in the universe of Spider-Man. And then, of course, he has the same type of movement and the wall-crawling ability like Spider-Man does. That wall-crawling keyword, That's right. key phrase, key in, phrase. This, in this instance, is very important. It's positioning in this game is extremely important right getting up on top of buildings and terrain is going to be a big deal so just like captain marvel and ultron and iron man having the flight ability spider-man doc Ock having the wall crawler is very important because these are the only instances of these abilities in the game thus far so terrain movement manipulations only around a couple of units when it involves getting up on train and things like that so it's interesting to see that. And what a perfect pairing with Spider-Man and Doc Ock. But lastly, we have Black Widow, Natasha herself, and we have Baron Zemo. Two, <laughs> oh, two big control pieces. Zemo, I think, is a must-include in, in any villain list at the moment. That's right. His tactical genius key phrase mm. ability is just unbeatable. And what a pose on this model, Chris. He's he's calling you out with the sword. He's, he's pointing it up. Yeah, he's letting you know. He's calling a shot. <laughs> but what's cool about Black Widow and Baron Zemo, though they are different, they have a lot of similarities. They both are defensive characters in close spaces, which is great for objective control. But they also have, you know, some abilities where they can um, do things long range across the battlefield, get in the action quicker. They're kind of just like objective runners with lower threat levels. And it's great because they're going to fit in a lot of lists. You're going to see these characters, I would say, in the future, probably some of the most of the guys in the set because they're so low threat and they're such control pieces. Like for the objectives, for the objectives alone. My my inclination would be that these two will maybe the ones you see the longest from the core set. And we're going to get into these characters. Could be completely wrong, but we'll we'll just see how it shakes out. Yeah, and, and probably the same with Captain America and Red School as well, right? Because they have the affiliation abilities and they are great leaders right. of their their factions. Um, but let's move on. Less exciting stuff, but let's still talk about what's the rest in this course set. What you're going to get. Okay, it's great value. Great, great value. We're already at 10 models. Let's throw in some terrain. This is insane. So we have the Daily Bugle stand. It's a newspaper stand building. It's, it's actually size three. You know, size of building is very important, but most importantly... It's pretty decent sized. Played on the demo set with the Daily Bugle. It was great. Looks great. On top of that, we got more terrain items, right? Two wonderful cars, two dumpsters, and uh, 
two traffic lights and two lampposts. So you can kind of start building your little terrain pieces and scenes. Most importantly, though, Chris, all these things can be used as terrain in the game to throw or for mm, cover. The best part. So what a great way to start the game off because I think a big hurdle we talked about is the model hobby element. Right. Um, that's the key word gamers use a lot. Hobby element means... You know, the part where you have to put things together and paint things, <laughs> get it right. And, you know, this makes it a lot easier because you already have all this train in the corset, pre-assembled a lot of it, and you just go. You're ready for a street fight Ooh, right out the box. That's right, Chris. And on top of that, we have all the tokens for the game, all the tactic cards for the teams, map cards that tell you how to set up the maps and set up the terrain correctly. And then we have affiliation cards of the Cabal and Avengers faction, which is great because those will be used here on out. Yeah, because if you notice, there's characters on these cards that are different than even in the core set. We have people like Killmonger and stuff and Black Panther being represented in these. Also, we have 10 character stat cards. So these are the actual cards with the awesome comic book art on them that represent Wonderful the characters. Wonderful art. Everything you need to know about each character yeah. that you're playing, all their abilities, all their moves, their movements, their costs, That's everything. Right. And of course, we cannot forget the objective cards, which are crucial to this set. You're going to need these objective cards to play the game. And then we have the movement tools, which there's three of them. There's the short, medium, and long. And then we have the four range tools, the four different types of range. And we have 10 dice, Chris, and the rule book. And what magnificent dice they are. <laughs> let's talk about the dice while we're oh, here, I would Chris. love to. Let's just talk about the dice before we go into anything else. Because the thing that struck me first with this game, which confused me, and perplexed me in the best way possible was I saw these eight-sided dice that looked similar to X-Wing dice or Legion dice, um, if you're familiar with those games right now in their competitive scenes, and they're all the same color. So I thought, are they different? Are they the same? And then I realized they're all the same dice. Now, what does that mean? No attack dice, no defense <laughs> dice. It's all rolled into one. It's all shared. So uh, these eight-sided dice are going to have five different symbols. Okay. And three blank squares. I like that. I like that a lot. So you're saying we can use this on attack and defense. I'm saying you're going to use <laughs> these a lot. All the time. So get as many as you can and find your favorites, folks. That's right. You might be buying another set of dice in the future, and that's perfectly fine. But it's it's great that you're just going to be buying maybe another set, not just another set of defense dice, another set of attack dice. Right. Another set of long-range defense dice, another set of close range. You know, all the stuff that miniatures games get convoluted in at times not so much in marvel christ protocol love it decreases the barriers once exactly again. it's just more approachable yeah so like the game has everything you need to play that's what's great too there's not like you have to immediately go pick up an expansion or immediately go pick up a terrain pack or anything like that these things will be available chris but they are not essential you already have the terrain and the 10 characters ready to go you can be as in or as out as your your time budget monetary budget passion budget even allows for that is completely right chris and that's why i think i'm so excited to create content for this game and get people into this game because i think it's valuable to get in this game on a casual level and also valuable to get into this game on a deep dive level like like you said earlier chris maybe you'll get every model and put them on your desk for you know just the marvel fan element in you and you enjoy that but also you play with them all and then of course there's going to be the competitive gamers out there who just try every combination of heroes and villains and every combination of lists that they can do. So they're going to be getting a lot too. But I also don't think that's necessary by any means. I think next year you could walk in with the core set 
and still win a tournament. Certainly. I really do. And that leads to what we just talked about, mixing heroes and villains. We talked about this in the first episode, but we'll talk about it again here. There's a clear advantage to sticking to a faction, whether it be the Cabal or the Avengers so far. There will be clearly factions in the future that are not represented yet. And I'm super excited about that. Maybe the Spider-Verse, things like that, or Wakandans, or X-Men, all sorts of stuff. We said X-Men again. It's 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 going to be in every episode. It's going to be in every episode. We know it. Diehard X-Men fans here. Here's what's cool about this. As long as more than 50% of your army is represented by that faction, as in, say you want Avengers, if 50% or more were Avengers, you now have the Avengers faction ability. That's important. Three out of five models are Avengers. You've got that really, really wonderful ability. That's right. So then you're going to have two other characters from another faction, probably villains or just a future faction. That's okay. You can get really creative. So now you have the Avengers ability with a unique team. But this is why we say the core set is going to be so long lasting because any mix of these 10 heroes and even with some future expansions added in, you can really mix it up, heroes and villains. And the same goes for the Cabal, like we talked about. As long as more than 50% of your team is Cabal, you get the Cabal faction from Red Skull, all that good stuff. So, once again, decreasing the barrier. Increasing creativity, in my opinion, Chris. Oh my gosh. The mixes are going to be so fun. Oh man, I'm always going to have just Wolverine. Just, <laughs> just always have him as one of the ten. Well, uh, I'll always have Moon Knight. It's yeah. okay. Well, maybe not. I'll have all the Spider-Man villains. So we'll see how far that goes. Our Spider-Man heroes. Gosh, man. Just, the, just thinking about all the possibilities for models and characters <laughs> in this game just gets me, just gets me daydreaming, and <laughs> I just I love it so much. Thinking uh, about the different teams i'm going to be able to put together well, just like as of right now because spider-man is an example like just from gen con alone we know 100 percent there's three spider-mans in the game and venom so that's already four spider-man type characters like you can have a spider-man team right there we have peter parker miles morales gwen gwen stacy spider-man and venom that's four and of course we're going to have like symbiote suit spider-man i'm, I'm gonna die well you I'm can go gonna... you can go for the whole you can go for the whole symbiote family oh you know my favorite my favorite villain one of if not the favorite villain for me and this i'm glad i'm mentioning this now chris but it's it's carnage and and oh my. Wh- what a villain and what a model he's going to be i'm assuming he's going to be some sort of just insane you know, you know it's going to be a centerpiece <laughs> yeah you know that that's going to be a centerpiece People are going to drop some money on that and well, that is perfectly fine and that that leads me to how far are we going to go are we going to get mm. Anti-Venom? Are we going to get Eddie Brock? Are we going to get Scream? There's a, a whole universe of symbiote lore inside the Marvel Universe. Just symbiotes, right? We're not even Just talking. symbiotes. This is why we're excited about this, but I also why I think you don't need to be overwhelmed by this. If you don't care for, uh, say, Venom, don't get him. Just you don't. don't. need him. Don't <laughs> or you don't want Black Panther and uh, Killmonger are coming out really quickly. Like just skip them and get the next. I mean, like I don't know why you'd skip Black Panther. <laughs> I don't know why either. But you might. Um, you might just be playing. Who knows? Villains strictly and but that might well, Killmonger Sa- might interest you. Sabretooth's going to be an auto include in all of my lists. Oh, okay. There you go. That's 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 safe to say. Big Sabretooth mark over here. Yeah, that's going to be carnage for me and probably Groot and Rocket uh, when they come out. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, got to have them. <laughs> love them. Love them so much. Let's talk about the game itself, Chris. We we've kind of done some sweeping discussions about like how the game works, the the importance of objectives, how you bring your army, you bring 10 models and then you you choose a force within those 10 models. So like we said, that three to five range, probably right. 
then you play the objectives. But let's talk about the phases of the game because I really want you guys to wrap your head around just the game and how to play before we get deeper into this big rabbit hole we're in. And, and we're not going to go too terribly deep. No. We're going to cover the three phases of each round. We're not going to go into minutia. We're just we're just going to lay out how the game plays in a general level. For the first phase of each round is going to be called the power phase. That's right. The power phase starts by each character gaining power. That's which right. Which is great. Yeah, because it is great. power is your currency to spend on superpowers, moves, right. abilities. Right. It's the best. It, they're just the best. You want to feed those big characters yeah and this is a cool mechanic in this game chris because it is of course is currency to do your abilities and your bigger superpowers but most importantly like this is one of those games where you can still do things without power which is great you can move and do your basic attack which is called a strike in this game every character has a basic strike that does not cost power but gains them power but most importantly with this power situation something i really like about this game while we're here in the power phase is if you're attacked in this game and direct damage is dealt to you, you gain power. So it's almost like a interesting form of a catch-up mechanic, if that makes sense. Because sometimes these miniature games, things get blown off the board before they even activate. Mm-hmm. Not the case in this game. And they even double down on that feature even more, because if you truly blow through someone's health, their card flips over, and they switch to the day's side, so they can't even be hurt until their next activation. Which is great, which keeps you from losing a model in right off the bat before you even get to use it. That's right. And you gain that power too from that, all that damage. You, you do. So you're immediately sure you've got less health, but now you're going to be able to dish something back. Yeah. It's kind of like that character that got focus fired and given all that damage now has the most power of every character on the board. So they're kind of like, they're clearly behind in their health game, but now they're up on their superpower mm-hmm. game. So, so that's why power evens. is important. And the power phase is it's just cool. It happens every turn. But because of that mechanic, I think we've touched on why characters like Black Widow sure. and Spider-Man are so important. If everyone's gaining power, right. if, if damage is flying and everyone's just using these superpowers, <laughs> you need to find that way to, to give yourself the edge controlling the board as much as you can slow those powerful characters down but let's move on to the next phase of the game chris which is of course the meat of the game and that is the activation phase first thing about the activation phase i really like it goes to the first player and priority is determined before the game we've talked about this but that aside like players alternating turns is this entire phase which is so great so this is not some sort of situation where your entire army goes and then my entire army goes uh, we've seen that in other miniatures games mm-hmm. it's not sort of a random situation we've seen that in other games where you're pulling randomly and seeing what happens purely is what do i want to use right now in this moment what is the best thing i can do in this moment and i love that because moment to moment you're checking so reactive so reactive, and you're constantly just thinking about it you're playing a game of chess yeah if i if if they move there and i how do i respond with whom do I respond, and what abilities do I respond with? Right. You're like, I did not expect him to go with Ultron that early in the round, so that I changed my turn now, or something like that. But what's cool about this is both players activate one model at a time, back and forth, until every model has been activated on the board, and you use a token to represent what's been activated. Then this phase is over. So when you activate, what are the sorts of things you do when you activate? We've hinted at it, but let's talk about the actions of the game. This is very important. Move is an action. Attack is an action. Use the superpowers in action. 
and shake as an action, which is remove a special condition from your character. So that's going to be your bleed effects. Right. That's going to be your dazed effects. Yeah. Central. And I'm sure they're going to add more effect. Off the top of my head, I'm sure there's going to be some form of poison effect. Yeah. You name it. You name all these and they're coming. The, and the Marvel Universe is limitless with what effects you could do. So Gamma radiation, all these sorts of things. But like on your turn, you choose a model to activate. And then you perform two of these actions. And that's paramount. That's how this entire game is built around that simple mechanic. I choose a model. I go with it. I take two actions with it. Do I double move? Do I attack, attack? Do I move, attack? Do I use two superpowers? It's all up to meeting the requirements of what you want to do. But now the combinations are kind of endless. And notice I said attack, attack, Chris. This is something that's new to me. Yes. If anyone here is... as well. Yeah. If anyone here is a listener of my old show, Vader's Finest, and... Uh, Imperial Assault, same with Star Wars Legion now, like it has a crucial element where you can only attack once a turn unless some sort of power or card specifies otherwise, which is very, very rare. So the fact that this is a game where you simply can move, move, or you can attack, attack, this is game changing for me because now it's even more possibilities. And in our game, this even was used to great effect by both of us. It's true. I know Ultron, uh, <laughs> Ultron spent a lot of power on attack that did nothing. Right. Instead of moving a second time, got to try it again. We tried it again, and it decimated. Super effective. That's right. Great example. Really yeah. salvaged the turn. My my uh, Iron Man. We we're talking about use the Friday AI mm-hmm. power first to gain extra dice and prove his next attack, and then shot his homing missiles and just missed the whole thing. So that can happen too. Mm-hmm. It's very thematic, but it's going to be a combination of these two things, and that is the meat of this game, Chris. Inside this activation phase, you choose the model, choose the two actions. Then that model's done. Go to the other player. They do the same thing. And this is kind of like where the game's going to get all of its various combinations, all its chess pieces interacting with each other, bouncing each other out. And the strategy element, of course, is in this section. But let's move on to the final phase. So the cleanup phase, and really, what an apt name for the cleanup (laughs) phase. By the end of the activation phase, you're going to have a fair amount of tokens on the board. That's true. During the cleanup phase, you're simply going to clean these tokens up. That's right. You're also going to calculate your victory points mm-hmm. based on whatever the situation you happen to be playing. Yeah, and this is crucial to the game, right? Because we've talked about well, how you're going to win. This is the game, the objectives. Most importantly, you remove all the activation tokens so all these characters can go again mm-hmm. next round. But of course, you score on these objectives. And that essentially, Chris, is the game. First to 16 wins. That's right. So this is the game in a very quick uh, synopsis form, but this is it. So like, what's interesting about this, Chris, is like the game itself, the system is fairly simple, straightforward, clean. But then you add in all these asymmetrical characters with asymmetrical health, powers, mm-hmm. defense, attacks, superpowers. That's the complexity of this game. That's right. Is the combination of powers, abilities, effects, power levels, health levels, everything. Right. At its core, the (laughs) rules are fairly simple. Certainly for miniatures gaming. For a miniatures game, they're extremely streamlined. But (laughs) now we got all these combos. And that's where it feels a little overwhelming. But it shouldn't be because you really can keep it simple at first. Uh, Maybe just stick with a couple heroes and just slam games with those. Just play Captain America. Black Widow and Iron Man, only them maybe for a little while and just, you know, have some lower threat games. But what's cool about this, Chris, is like not only is the the true meat and the complexity in the heroes and villains and their abilities, now we got to think about interactions and combinations, Mm. almost like a MOBA 
mm. on PC gaming where it's like, well, I've never taken this villain with this team of heroes and we'll see what happens interaction wise. So it's many things we haven't even found yet. No, certainly not. And, and I cannot wait to find them. I can't wait to talk about them with you guys. <laughs> that is the game in a nutshell, Chris. I'm excited to do more of this, but we wanted to give you guys basically a sweeping idea of what you're going to get out of this core set. And let's not also forget, Chris, right on day one where they're dropping the core set, they're dropping a different terrain pack and Hulk and Modoc, which we're going to get to in the future. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> the game That's releases right. on my birthday, and I plan on acquiring just about everything possible. That is correct. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. So guys, we've just started the Twitch. We're trying to get as many followers as possible. So when we go live, you guys will get a notification. The more followers, the more streaming of this game gets out there, the more people get into it. So just please follow us there. We will be doing some testing of the core set in the future and just some um, beginnings of live streaming with what we have right now. We're very excited about it, though. Once again, follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and Facebook.com slash Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and we will read them on the show and that mailbag segment. We want to thank Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music, and please help spread the word of the show by liking, rating, and subscribing. That is right, Chris. And once again, you guys can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram, at J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And give my Star Wars show a listen if you're into Star Wars, or if you're on the Star Wars Cloud 9 that I certainly am right now. That is the journey to the Mandalorian and the rise of Skywalker at the Canon Cantina. That's C-A-N-O-N-C-A-N-T-I-N-A. And just find us anywhere on podcast apps. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 